Welcome in to Sports Sunday here on Local News Live. Tyler Jones, Ryan Pierce here with you as we are nearing halftime of Sunday Night Football. The New England Patriots currently leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 7-3. And we are here to break down the top sports headlines across the land to end your week here on LNL as we'll be looking at what's going on in the National Football League today. Also talk some college football and the MLB playoffs about to start, and the bracket is set officially as of today. Ryan, so much to, to discuss, not a whole lot of time to do it. No, baseball and football, if you're a fan of those two sports, you've come to the right place, a lot to break down. No doubt about it, and let's go ahead and get started right off the top with the news out of New England tonight as Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made the appearance in New England, Tom Brady's triumphant return, and there was a lot of hype going into this oh, game. Yeah. A lot of folks built this up as the biggest regular season game of all time. That may have been a bit much, <laughs> but nonetheless, much anticipation for Tom Brady's return to New England tonight, and what we saw in the pregame was that Tom Brady had a standing ovation at the very beginning before the game started and he did his traditional run out where he had his handshake with Josh McDaniels and such and had that moment and then you get to the game itself and when he actually trotted out onto the field he was booed yeah and when he broke the passing yards record with Drew Brees who held that record previously in the house there wasn't much fanfare to him breaking that record. They put it on the screen, put a graphic up. We heard that they might actually stop play to recognize that he had broke the career passing yards record, but not much really to it for as much hype as there was going into tonight. We even had Adele's song, Hello, with a montage of Brady and Belichick. With as much hype and talk there was going into this one, and the game's still in progress, yeah. might I add you. This hasn't really lived up to the hype, and, and realistically, Ryan, that was going to be impossible to do. Yeah, well, you know something's being hyped up when political reporters, reporters you see on your news stations, are going to cover a football game <laughs> on a Sunday night. When you're paying your Monday morning news host to go to Foxborough on a Sunday night and cover a football game, you know it's a big deal, and people are trying to hype it up. And you're right, you know, these are Boston sports fans. We can't expect them to be lovey-dovey. This is Boston, and technically Foxborough, the Boston area. They were kind at first, but when the coin was flipped and the ball was kicked, there was just business between the fans of the Patriots and this man, Tom Brady. They booed him. I was, we were shocked. They booed him when he we came were off stunned. the field. And to me, that was the, was the big story from the beginning, but again, they're Boston fans. He's the opposing team. They're going to do it. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think the boos weren't necessarily directed towards Brady. It was more about the Bucks as a whole. You're right. But nonetheless, when you look at it, tonight is probably the only time that Tom Brady will play at Gillette Stadium ever again. And at this point in his career, at 44 years of age, with him playing in the NFC, we're watching this unfold in real time Ryan, it feels like that we're seeing the end of a chapter, end of a, of a story, yeah. uh, a storybook ending here for uh, Tom Braden, his time in New England. For him to break that record in New England, of all places, too, 
What a night, no matter what the outcome is. This is going to be a night that folks are going to be talking about for a very long time. You know, it's always kind of uncomfortable when you're, say, you're watching your favorite TV show and they kill off your favorite character. It's a bummer. Then they bring that character back maybe the next season for, like, a, a quick scene, like a flashback. It's uncomfortable because you think, okay, I've moved on past this person. I've had my moment to grieve. And now you got to see this person, this character again. What gives? And that's, I think, what we're seeing tonight in Boston. They brought back Tom Brady. It's like a flashback that's maybe not necessarily wanted at this point. And it does feel a little bit uncomfortable, but we are watching history. We are watching maybe the second end to this major chapter, a, a final punctuation they never got in New England. Uh, and it's, that's why it was built up to be so big. Yeah, New England uh, right now leading Tampa Bay 7-3 to three the score. Just a few seconds left till halftime. And we've seen that this New England defense has played very well to this point. We wondered, okay, Bill Belichick, you've seen Tom Brady play for 20 years. What are you going to dial up against Tom Brady? And so far, the New England defense has held their own to this point. Tampa Bay driving right now, trying to get some points before the halftime break. We'll keep you posted on what's going on there. But uh, certainly interesting, to uh, say the least, what's uh, going on on uh, that front. Let's uh, go ahead and go to the rest of the NFL scores, Ryan. If you can pull those up for us on the Interactive Center of what has been a fascinating day in the National Football League. And before we dive in too much to the NFL just itself, I, I want to look at we always talk about on these Sunday nights of what we've learned from the weekend. I'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, it doesn't have to be NFL related, but what have you yeah. learned so far to this point? I think it's undefeated teams losing today. You know, there's a couple teams that were undefeated 3-0 entering week four, and we thought, okay, are they really that good? Unfortunately, a couple of them do fall in our great TV audience, starting with, say, the Denver Broncos earlier. We thought, are they this good? And they still are probably pretty solid. The Broncos are 3-1. I'm looking for their score here. It's somewhere. But they they lost today. KKTV is our station that covers them. And the Broncos fell uh, in this week four. So they were an undefeated team that lost. The Carolina Panthers, WBTV, covers them. They also were undefeated. They lost. And the Los Angeles Rams. Now, granted, they were facing an undefeated Cardinals team. They also lost. So we finally saw a couple of these undefeated teams take their first L this year. We learned a little bit something about their character, maybe about their skill on their team as well. Yeah, the thing that I learned this weekend, Ryan, is that it's still way too early to judge these teams. Look at the Los Angeles Rams, okay? They fall to the Arizona Cardinals, pick up their first loss of the year. And if you recall in this very program, last week I was telling you why the L.A. Rams were the best team in the NFL. And I still feel like the Rams are the best team in the NFL, despite losing at home today to a team in their division. It's a week-to-week -week league. You're going to take your lumps at times. And the Rams prepared so much for last week, and it was all hands on deck to get ready for that game against Tampa Bay, that then you face this Arizona team who had a high-powered offense in their own right. I think it was just a tough stretch to go back-to-back -back after the hot start like that. You look at Kansas City, for example. This is a team that lost back-to-back -back games. And folks in Kansas City were so concerned with an Andy Reid team that was under 500 for the first time since he was in Kansas City. But you know what? They still have the best quarterback in the world, Patrick Mahomes. And today we saw this Kansas City team 
play mistake-free football, actually play to their potential, and they won in dominating fashion. So the cream will rise to the top. It's still too early to judge these teams and say who's a pretender and who's a contender just yet. There's a long ways to go. We're still learning who these teams are. And don't read too much into what's happening, even in week four, even though we're a month into this season, Ryan. It's something we're all uh, guilty of as NFL fans. Week by week, living and dying with our team. If your spouse is like this, give them some space. They're just being human because every week we form a new opinion of how our favorite team is going to play the rest of the year based on that one week. I guarantee you Carolina is going to be competitive. Denver is going to be competitive. L.A. is going to be very good. Just because they lost this week, Tyler, I mean, they're going to be fine probably. It's just it's a week-by-week league in the NFL. As fans, we overreact sometimes. Right, right. Well, let's go ahead and look at the winners and losers of week four. Ryan, who's your biggest winner of the week? Who's the team that stands out to you that got a win either today or maybe even on Thursday? Yeah, it's got to be the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals being the Rams 37-20 on the road in L.A. That's been a tough place, place to play, uh, at least so far this season. That was a big exclamation point for a team out of Phoenix, the Arizona Cardinals, that has been on the rebuilding path the past couple of years. Remember, they had the first overall pick three seasons ago. And they're already looking like one of the best teams in the NFL. To me, they're the big winners. I thought the Bills demolishing the Texans 40 to nothing was a signal to the rest of the league. They are the best team in that division. And then you mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe some people were doubting them. They said, hold the phone. We've won the <laughs> AFC the past couple of seasons. Let's take care of Philadelphia. And they did just that. They did. And uh, Andy Reid, that 100th win Impressive. with the Kansas City Chiefs. He becomes the first coach in NFL history to record 100 wins with two different franchises, previously doing it with the Philadelphia Eagles and getting that win in Philly today. So you talk about nostalgia. Brady breaks the passing yards record in New England tonight. And then earlier today, Andy Reid becoming the second head coach in NFL history to win 100 games at two different stops, and he does it in his old home of Philadelphia. Pretty wild yeah. that that happened on the same day. My winner that I have on my radar today, there's a lot of different directions you could go, but what about the Dallas Cowboys? Sure. This is a team that had a lot of question marks entering 2021. We saw how they competed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one, and that certainly raised some eyebrows as they were heavy underdogs, and it came down to the very last possession in that game. So then, from that point forward, it was, okay, was that a fluke, or can Dallas hang with some of the best in the league? And ever since then, all the Cowboys have done is just won three straight games against three pretty decent football teams. You beat the Chargers, and now, a couple weeks later, you follow that up with a win against the Panthers. They beat the Eagles last week. And that offense is just terrific. Dak Prescott is playing incredible right now. That defense, although it's not great, it's doing enough. And Micah Parsons has been terrific, the rookie out of Penn State on that side of the ball, leading that defense. Look, the Cowboys are in the driver's seat to win that NFC East. I really like the football I've seen from the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not ready to say that they're necessarily a Super Bowl team by sure. any means, but 
this team is putting themselves in good position to be hosting a home playoff game come January. Tyler, if you buy a nice car, you better hope that doesn't have any issues. You better hope the engine's in great shape. Great shape. You better hope that uh, the transmission's okay. You better hope there's no flat tires. That was what Jerry Jones was facing this year when he, when he paid Dak Prescott that much money, made him the, most, the highest paid player in the NFL. He better hope that this continues because he's got a lot invested in Dak Prescott, and right now he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the, MV, in the NFL. He looks like an MVP, I was about to say. He looks like that high, nice, highly uh, paid uh, athlete that is a uh, nice car, a Ferrari, whatever it may be. He yeah. looks like it right now. Good sign for Jerry Jones, and he's got to hope uh, Dak keeps playing like that because he's invested a lot of money in him. Certainly. And one more winner that I want to point to, give a shout-out, in that same division in the NFC North, the New York football Giants, yep. in particular Daniel Jones. The Giants aren't a great team around him. I'm not sold on Joe Judge as a head coach in this league. But what I do like is what I've seen from Danny Dimes in 2021. Today, gets a win on the road in overtime in a tough place to play in New Orleans. Goes 28 of 40 for 402 yards and two touchdowns. And he was able to get the ball to Kenny Galladay for six catches and 116 yards. Look, the Giants have a lot of holes, a lot of weaknesses. But the issues that are there with the Giants right now what we're seeing out of Daniel Jones, he's not problem A, B, C, or D. He's doing his job. He's doing his parts. He got a lot of flack early on in his career for as high as he was taken. And so far, I like what I've seen from Daniel Jones. He's doing his job. People need to lay off Daniel Jones for a bit here. Lay off him. Yep, absolutely. And he, and he, uh, he plays in New York, so you know people are going to be tough in that city. And it's nice when a New York team is good in football because the Jets haven't been good in ages. When the Giants are good, it definitely helps out the NFL. It makes things more interesting when a New York team is competitive. Maybe gives you a team to dislike, depending on where <laughs> you're at. So it is nice to see the Giants playing some good football. Yeah, let's uh, talk some losers this week now. you got to start with the Tennessee Titans. Sure. This was a team that had so much hype entering 2021 you bring in julio jones derrick henry was coming off a 2000 yard rushing campaign and then what happened well now they find themselves two and two and you lose to the jets in overtime on the road a jets team that's just not very good Tannehill was okay not great derrick henry ran the ball well but their defense to let Corey davis who is not been that great in all honesty to let him go off for over a hundred yards receiving and for your defense a Tennessee team that has pride in their defense to get worked like that against the Jets and a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson we saw it week one against Arizona Tennessee has got some major problems this is a team that was heavy favorites in their division that had Super Bowl aspirations and now through four weeks Ryan, this team has yeah. left a lot to be desired here. Yeah, so to our friends in Knoxville, Tennessee, in Tennessee, watching WVLT, just kind of how you're feeling right now. You're just you're a little bit ticked off, a little bit nervous. No, it's early, but things don't look good right now for a Tennessee Titans team. Got a great fan base. They've really rallied around this bunch. Big support, but they don't look good to start, and it's 
a lot of issues. There's a lot of spots that need to be improved. Yes, there's injuries, but when you lose to the Jets like this, you know there's got to be problems. Now, here's the thing for the Titans. Their vision is not good. Indianapolis, their main rival, looks bad. The Jaguars aren't going to compete. The Texans aren't going to compete. The Titans have space to struggle. That is a major silver lining for Titans fans this year. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Ryan, give me a loser. Who catches your eye mm. of who disappointed this mm -mm -mm. weekend? You know, I think they got a lot of fans out there. Not going to be happy. To me, the loser right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Their third loss. Big Ben, you got you to gotta call quits, man. I have been a big, yeah. big Benton fan his entire career. I've loved what he's done, but... It's time. I'm sorry. He's done. Let Show me Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, somebody else. It's not working. Fans, Pittsburgh, you got to look at Big Ben and say, okay, it's time. It's time to take a back seat. It hurts. When somebody has been a part of your team for that long, you like to see them go out on a good note. You don't want to move on from them. But if you want your team to compete this year, you're going to have to move on from Big Ben. The options aren't bad behind him. Mason Rudolph, Tyler mentioned. Dwayne Haskins could be decent. They're better than Ben Roethlisberger right now. It is time for Pittsburgh to move in a new direction. Man, that's a scary thought, but you got to do it for the sake of the year. Yeah, you do. And uh, right now, at uh, halftime, you have the uh, Patriots leading the Bucks 7-6. to six. I think the Bucks are going to make some adjustments and go on and win this game with ease. Meanwhile, Monday Night Football tonight, I'm actually going to be there. Chargers and Raiders from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Looking at that game tomorrow night, Ryan, I'm expecting a lot of points. And I'd give the edge to the Chargers because they have a slightly better defense. The Raiders, this is one of the worst 3-0 teams I've ever seen. I can't believe they're 3-0. I guess it's early still. But <laughs> Raiders, you know, they're not bad. They're not great. They're fine. They're going to be tested by a Chargers team that had a lot of bad luck last year, and things are going their way this season behind a quarterback who's really developed. That will be a lot of fun. I'm envious, Tyler. You get to watch that game live because those are two fun offenses. You're going to have a lot of opportunities to get off your seat and cheer, spill your popcorn, scream for the touchdowns. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch tomorrow for you. Oh, yeah. I'm jealous. Monday Night Football coming up tomorrow night, 8-15. The Chargers and the Raiders from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. We'll have post-game coverage here on Local News Live. Let's go ahead and shift gears and talk college football now. Yesterday, for the first time since October of 2018, four teams in the AP Top 10 all lost. We've continued to talk about parity in college football that once you got past Alabama and Georgia, it's really just a crapshoot and based on what we saw this weekend, it was the same song about the third or fourth first this time, Ryan. Yeah, and one and two, about the same. Then he got the two Big Ten teams. I want to direct your attention to number five here, though. C-I-N. Let me check how you spell it. Oh, C-I-N. <laughs> Cincinnati. The, the Be Bengals. Be careful. They're very... The Bearcats, excuse me. They're very specific yeah. about how you spell Cincinnati. I, I can never spell that city for the life of me. I just call them the Bengals. The Bearcats, the Cincinnati Bearcats, get used to this team being in the top five. They beat Notre Dame this weekend. They beat a good Indiana team earlier this year, and they have what looks to be, you never know, a, a bit of a cakewalk, relatively speaking, 
through the rest of their schedule. They're going to be in the top five throughout the year. If somebody slips up and the committee has a heart, this team could be, should be, in the playoffs at the end of the year as one of the top four teams in the country. They were undefeated last year. They could right. be undefeated this year. Mm, they're a good team, a good team. I that like noise. Cincinnati's playoff chances. I know that the committee has not been kind to group of five teams the last several years, whether you're talking about your UCFs or Houston's or even Cincinnati's of the world last year. But here's where things are different. Cincinnati stepped up. They went on the road and beat two Power Five programs that were both preseason top 25 teams in Notre Dame in Indiana. And the path to the playoff, they've gotten a bit of help. Oregon loses to Stanford. And now the Pac-12 is very slim on their hopes of making the playoff at this point. The ACC is pretty much done with Clemson at two losses and no real team has emerged after Clemson. And then you look at the Big 12 Conference. Two undefeateds remaining in the Big 12, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I just saw the Sooners yesterday in, in uh, Manhattan beat K-State. Oklahoma State beats Baylor. And I'll be honest, they're not really that impressive. There has been nothing great about Oklahoma or Oklahoma State this year. And both teams have been winning these games by the slimmest of margins against teams that aren't really that great. So you got to think there's a pretty good chance that the Big Ten champ is probably a one, maybe a two-loss team. Yeah. And the Big 12 champ could be a one or a two-loss team. If it comes down to it, when it's all said and done, if the committee has to decide, all right, do we put an undefeated Cincinnati team in or a one-loss Big Ten or Big 12 team, if it's my decision, Ryan, I'm giving Cincinnati the nod. Yeah. Well, I think if Oklahoma finishes with no losses, they're 5-0 right now. Right. If get, they're undefeated, that's yeah, a different they, story. They but if, if there's a one-loss Big 12 or Big 10 champ, Cincinnati should get that, that chance. I think so, too. I think you're right. I think we're going to see that third team. We have the top two. It looks like it's going to be Alabama and Georgia unless they slip up. Penn State or uh, Iowa, potentially Ohio State and Michigan in that mix, probably for the next spot. And at the moment, after Oregon lost, and that was like a crushing blow against Stanford, it looks like it will come down to Oklahoma and Cincinnati. We'll see how the year plays out. There's still plenty of time, but that appears to be the path we're going. Right. Let's go ahead and look through the rest of the poll there. Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Oregon, Michigan, BYU round out the top ten. And with uh, Ohio State above Oregon, that doesn't make any sense. They played. Oregon won at Ohio State. How, Do you even watch the games? How's it possible? I don't get, uh, is it a computer? How, how much does a human have influence? Because if you have eyeballs, you should have seen that Ohio State lost to Oregon a month ago. I don't right. know how Oregon is now behind Ohio State in the standings. Oregon should be seven, Ohio State I mean, could be nine. Right. Michigan's undefeated. Yeah. Michigan. Bizarre. There was no expectations for this Michigan team this year. And here they are playing good football. A little hesitant on buying a Jim Harbaugh team, though. I've, I've seen this before. I don't want it to bite me in the butt again, but I do like what I've seen from Michigan so far through the uh, last couple of weeks at 5-0 start. BYU is also interesting when you talk about the non-traditional powers. This is a team that has played a pretty decent schedule. They have three wins over Pac-12 schools. They're still going to play the likes of Boise State yeah. and USC 
and several others. They have some good games coming up. BYU might find themselves in the playoff discussion fighting for a playoff spot when it's all said and done. And after the season they had last year where they only had one loss, they deserve to be a part of the conversation. I think so. I think you're right. And they're kind of like Cincinnati, that mid-tier level team in terms of the schedule they play. But they have the talent. Now they have a lot of work to do, and Cincinnati has a couple uh, top-tier wins under their belts, and that's probably the big difference there. Right. All right, let's get out of the top ten, keep looking down. Michigan State at 11. Mel Tucker doing a good job there uh, early on his tenure at Michigan State. They've gotten some big wins. They're 5-0, and a sneaky team there. Oklahoma State at 5-0. and They haven't got the quarterback play they've wanted from Spencer Sanders, but their defense has really held their own there in Stillwater. Arkansas, man, this is a team that got off to such a hot start at 4-0, and but then gets shut out against Georgia yesterday. You talk about a reality check and a demonstration to show the country how good this Georgia team is. It was that right there with that uh, stomping they put on Arkansas there. I mean, they were just on another planet, which makes you think then, okay, if Arkansas got shut out, how bad is Texas then? Yeah, no, it does. And now we're looking, we're getting to the point where we can kind of compare teams by looking at their common opponents, and that really is the question. Is Texas even worthy of anywhere near this discussion right now? The answer is probably no. But we are looking at two teams that we thought, okay, can you compete for the top four spots? Maybe not. Arkansas and Notre Dame, they've dropped. And we have some interesting names on this list, too, with Kentucky. I mean, that's a blue blood basketball program. Big time win against Florida on exactly. Saturday. They find themselves now in the top 25. Yeah. Ole Miss didn't look good against Alabama, but that's a young team. I still like what Matt Corral's got at that quarterback spot. Ole Miss isn't going away. I mean, they're not going to make the playoff, but they're going to have a decent year. Sure. Auburn with a nice win against LSU. Wake Forest jumps into the top 20. They're 5-0. and Now, the ACC doesn't look great, but, I mean, <laughs> I'm not selling the farm for Wake Forest. I love the names here. I love the fact that Wake Forest and North Carolina State, two basketball programs, are in the top 19. They're representing the ACC in the top 25. Not Clemson, but Wake Forest and North Carolina State just flipping the script in that conference and making things interesting. Yeah, Texas gets a win on the road at TCU. They're at 21. Arizona State, 22. NC State, as you mentioned, SMU, 24. And rounding out the top 25 is San Diego State. So there's a look at the wow. AP top 25 in college football. Uh, still a lot to uh, figure out. We know Alabama and Georgia are good. After that, it's a crapshoot at that point going forward. All right, one more thing we want to talk about before we go tonight. The MLB playoffs are set. The postseason about to get underway here pretty soon as it all gets started on Tuesday with the American League wild card game between the Yankees and the Red Sox. The National League wild card game will be the Dodgers and the Cardinals Ryan, let's go ahead and start in the American League. Sure. Yankees and Red Sox, these two teams were so close all season long. This game's in Fenway. I don't know what's going to happen. That's going to be a great matchup, and sure. it's probably what the league wanted for ratings to have these two. That's what the wild card game was intended for, was to get these big names on a you know winner-take-all type atmosphere of sorts. Uh, to, to move on, they'll face the winner of Tampa Bay. Oh, without a doubt. The league is jumping for joy. They've won. The league is the real winner here. 
getting the Yankees and the Red Sox in a one-game playoff? Uh, yeah, that's what MLB wants. It's going to be a lot of fun. You have two teams that really tried to add to their roster as the year went along. We thought the Yankees would be very competitive. They were. We weren't sure about Boston after last season, but clearly last year was a throwaway year for the Red Sox. They're a legit contender. And the winner faces maybe the best-run franchise in baseball in the Tampa Bay Rays. They just win every year, even though they don't have the payroll that the Yankees or the Red Sox have. Man, but going back to that point, Red Sox, Yankees, and the playing game, can't write it up any better than that if you're Major League Baseball. Ryan, if I looked at the American League side, Tampa, we know about their pitching. The White Sox have a whole lot of talent. The Astros, although the most hated team in baseball, yeah. they've been here before. And the Yankees and Sox have played good baseball all year. I look at any of those five teams could come out of this as the American League champion and win that pennant. I would lean towards Tampa, but I'm not confident in that. I think that this could go either way. There's a, there's a wide opening for any of these five teams. Who do you give an edge towards? It's really a toss-up. You're right. I think you give an edge to Tampa just because they made it to the World Series last year. They added with young talent. It is a toss-up, though. And In fact, though, I, I will say, if you were to guess the five teams that would be in the postseason prior to the year in the American League, you might have picked these five teams. I, they were probably, towards the preseason, maybe outside of Boston, the favorites to get to the postseason. And now they're here. They're all pretty even. It will be a fun postseason in the American League. Yeah, it will be. Let's go ahead and look at the National League. If you want to step aside for a moment, Ryan, and we'll uh, show you that there. The uh, Giants shocked the world winning that division and getting the best record in the National League. Meanwhile, the Braves walk away with the National League East. The Brewers win the Central. The Cardinals, who are arguably the hottest team in baseball, at one point had a 19-game winning streak. They're in the wild card game against the Dodgers. Ryan, everyone was talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers in the preseason, but here we are looking at the Giants as the division champs, the Cardinals playing red-hot baseball right now. Yeah. By Wednesday, it wouldn't be a surprise at all if the Dodgers, who have the highest payroll in all of baseball and all that talent, are eliminated from the postseason altogether. It's got to be a fun game, and I believe, I don't know the matchups, I, I'm not sure if they're out yet, I believe Max Scherzer is pitching for the Dodgers. I could be wrong, it might be Walker Buehler. Either way, a top-tier pitcher. And for the Cardinals, I think it's going to be Jack Flaherty, their ace. So that, that's a tough draw for the Cardinals. You go on this massive winning streak, get into the postseason, then you face the guy who many think is one of the best postseason pitchers of all time in Max Scherzer or Walker Buehler, possibly the best pitcher in baseball. That's a tough matchup. Still, though, it's one game. Anything can happen. And that's the beauty of it in the postseason with that wild card. These two teams down here, Atlanta and Milwaukee, I don't think anybody's really surprised to see them. They were favorites to an extent. Atlanta was in a bad division. Bad division, sure, entering. But you're right, San Fran's a surprise, without a doubt. Yeah, and when I look at the National League, I think the Dodgers, even with being on the brink of elimination, they still have to be the favorites. They're the, the yeah. defending champs, the most talented team here. I'm not erasing the Dodgers just because they're in this wild card game. We've seen teams come out of the wild card game and go on to win the World Series. Sure. 
I think, Ryan, we're looking at a rematch of last year's World Series. I think it's going to be Tampa and Los Angeles once again. Who do you have coming out of the National League? No, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers do. Here's where I'm a little bit skeptical. I believe Max Scherzer will have to go in game one. Clayton Kershaw is banged up. Uh, we know about Trevor Bauer. He's still not being allowed to play because of some personal issues uh, he has that are, of course, extremely serious that are being investigated by Major League Baseball. Uh, so he's not being allowed to play. So the Dodgers pitching staff is very thin. I think they have the firepower to get past St. Louis. That's going to be a fun game like the American League wildcard. The Giants are playing well. They're hitting better since they brought in Chris Bryant from the Cubs. They got some experience there uh, as well. They've won the World Series three times in the past decade or so. That's going to be a tough matchup. I look at this and I want to say L.A. Mm. I am going to go with San Francisco, though. I okay. think I think the the Giants, because LA is going to be thin pitching wise, come out of this, and they make the World Series. When but man, I'm not confident. You look at the titles that San Francisco won last decade. Yeah. And they're not huge spenders like their division rival Los Angeles Dodgers are. You could make a case that with what they have to work with, the Giants are the best run organization in American sports. That's how good this franchise has been over the last decade plus. Yeah. To be this competitive with what they have to work with, it is a certainly something impressive. We'll be following the MLB postseason, covering it all for you here on Local News Live. And that will about do it for Sports Sunday this week. Ryan, any final thoughts before we go tonight? And I'm looking forward to this upcoming week. We have the NBA preseason starting. We have hockey. The NHL is picking up their regular season. This is the time where all the sports cross over. It's tough to be more excited about anything other than baseball, though, this week with those one-game wild cards. Those are a blast. I can't wait to watch both the American League and the National League. I'll say this. October is the best time of year in sports. Oh, without a doubt. We without got doubt. the NFL heating up. College football, got some major games coming up the month of October as conference play really starts rolling out. The NBA is about to get started. The NHL, NASCAR is in the middle of their playoffs right now. Big race tomorrow at Talladega. We'll be covering all for you. October, man, so much fun. We'll be all over it here on Local News Live over the next few weeks. And we thank you for joining us here on Sports Sunday. We're with you around halftime of Sunday Night Football each and every week about 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central Time here on Local News Live. 